0: Coming up, we're exploring what Halloween is like in Sydney, Australia, with Luna Park's Hollow Scream. Celebrating their ninth season, this year's Hollow Scream event runs seven nights and includes three mazes and a ton of entertainment. From the Haunted Attraction Network, I'm Philip, and this is our 61-day Hauntathon counting down to Halloween. It's the week of Halloween, which means we're dropping multiple episodes every day. The best way you can support us this Halloween season is by sharing our hauntathon with someone you think will enjoy it. And to follow along to our hauntathon, sign up for our weekly newsletter at hauntedattractionnetwork.com. And now, let's hear more about Halloween in Australia.
1: So, this year we are in our ninth season of Hello Scream, which is our annual Halloween event at the park.
0: That is Andrew Graham, the Showtime Manager at Luna Park, Sydney.
1: So, this year with our ninth season, we've decided to dive into a witch theme. So, we've brought to life nine. Undead Witches, who will descend upon the park for our ninth season of the event. This is my third year with the Mm -hmm. event, coming down to Sydney and being a part of it. So since I've come on board, we've added a lot more in-park entertainment to the event, all done in-house, with an opening ceremony nightly for the event, which incorporates all of the performers, actors, and roaming characters that we've got throughout the park. They all come together to open the event, just like most of the other parks around the world do. And then it goes into the actors going to the mazes to get the mazes ready. We've got nightly performances. We're a heritage listed amusement park Mm -hmm. in Australia. So we have a lot of things that we need to think about in obviously the planning and execution of the event, because there's certain elements of the park we can't theme or we can't touch due to the heritage listing however we do our best to incorporate them and kind of base themes and shows around those precincts and venues to try and use their heritage listing as a element of production
0: so tell me more about the event so if you could walk us through each area
1: so we have a giant face that is our entrance point of lunar park sydney the iconic Mm -hmm. face that most people know so we transform that with lighting to give it an eerie green setting at the front when you first enter the park we then have our first section which is this year with our witch theme we are doing the witch hunters so when the guests enter there'll be witch hunters throughout the park looking for the witches on the hunt for the witches interrogating our guests looking to try and find who's a witch um and as they make their way through the park, you can see some of our sideshow games have been transformed. So we transform our knockums into zombie faces that you've got to throw balls at to try and knock over. The whole park gets decked out with state-of-the-art lighting and sound effects throughout the iconic Big Top Sydney, which is our precinct inside the park, is where we build all of our mazes. So all of the mazes are housed within the Big Top Sydney. And then the iconic Coney Island is the kind of facade for our main stage show. We build a temporary stage setting in front of that with truss and lighting and do all of our shows throughout the night there. And then inside Coney Island, we also transform that into a more immersive, interactive kind of theatrical experience. The real theme of the atmosphere of the park is, uh, to start the night, is before the witches have even arrived, we try and create the atmosphere of the witch hunters interrogating the guests. Uh, they're dressed with face masks, uh, not only to comply with the COVID restrictions, but also to give that element of hidden figures while they're roaming through the park. The idea is that the guests here for the Sydney witch trials. So that's the marketing message we've gone out with for that opening ceremony. So coming through there, they don't know what's happening. They know that they're being interrogated. They're looking around, seeing the characters. And then through the ceremony, we see that The witch that was caught, that is ready to be tried at the Sydney Witch Trials, was caught on purpose to summon her sisters to bring the rest of the eight so that the Curse of the Coven, which was all our nine witches, come together to take over the park and then unleash hell by releasing all the maze characters, the performers, through the park to open and then progress with the night, having characters all around and shows and mazes. The witch theme is mainly for the Midway and in-park presentation, and then as well as inside Coney Island is the House Mm -hmm. of Hex, which houses the five witches for their nightly performances as well as photo opportunities with witches. The mazes themselves run on a different theme. So this year we've got three mazes inside the Big Top. So Decay Mart 365 is our zombie maze. So it's based on a supermarket that is sat empty. It's been overrun by zombies through the zombie apocalypse. And so as the guests go through, they're walking through an abandoned supermarket that the shelves have been stripped bare. People have taken over uh, and the zombies were trapped inside. So as they go through, they're seeing the zombies inside the freezers, in the fridges. They've taken over the aisles, the shelves, the loading dock. It's just zombies are everywhere inside this Decay Mart supermarket. Our second maze, we have Outback Slaughterhouse. So it is an outback butcher in the middle of Australia. The start of it is you'd walk in and you're seeing an olden day pub. And then as you get further into the maze, you discover that it's not all as it seems. And it's actually an outback slaughterhouse full of pig hybrids. There's pig pens, there's gunshots, there's that typical Australian outback gone Mm. wrong with a slaughterhouse theme based around it. And then our third and final maze this year is rain dead. So rain dead is a experiment into the effects of acid rain. Essentially what would happen if the rain was affecting the people going through so some people it would be skin peeling and bubbles some people the rain would seep straight into their blood causing them paralysis or animalistic behaviors some people lose movement some people can't stop moving so it's a futuristic world that the guests are immersed into very plaguey hazmat suits
0: Explain, I think, a little bit about what the Coney Island section is in the House of Hex.
1: So inside our iconic Coney Island, that's one of our heritage listed buildings, which has been on site in the park since 1935. Uh, so we transform it into this year' House of Hex. So we're building a round stage in the middle that's got a giant pentagram painted on it. And nightly, we have a number of shows featuring five of our nine witches who can conduct spells. They do seances. They do a whole bunch of things throughout the night that the guests can immerse themselves in. That stage also transforms into a photo meet and greet opportunity for guests to come in when the stage is not alive with the performance, but also to give the guests up an opportunity to get photos when the show's not happening.
0: Yeah. I really like this uh, idea of leaning into the Adding entertainment to the facility. I've been to the park, so it is like space locked. It's the same mm-hmm. kind of problem that like Universal Studios and Hollywood has. Yeah. Like there's not a lot of space. So it's space locked. And then it's also no. heritage locked. So yes. it's a, it's it's a difficult nice. proposition for trying to add to the event. And, and then the third level I think that is difficult is there's not a lot of Halloween stuff in that area, which one might think would be a good thing, but in actuality, It works against you in many ways because it's like guests don't know what to expect. So it's like a lot of training.
1: It's a very difficult thing to do, especially I've worked in parks Mm -hmm. overseas. It's been good to bring that experience to Sydney. I think it's very eye-opening when I first started here to see how they did things, especially coming from overseas and seeing how big they do it over there and the limitations you're not facing when you've got a bigger park and more freedom to do what you actually creatively want to do. But I think that the biggest thing here is just continually growing the event with the parameters we have. I think that's the hardest thing, but also the most fulfilling thing, trying to find new things and new ways of doing things in a space that essentially is as it is, that you can't do a lot with. But we are fortunate this year to be one of the only Australian parks to be doing an evening adult Halloween offering Mm -hmm. for the second year in a row. So last year, due to COVID, a lot of parks, I think actually all the parks in Australia didn't have an offering, but we successfully executed our Scream Mm -hmm. 8. And then this year, again, a lot of the parks have chosen not to go ahead where we've strived through and (laughs) chosen to execute our event, which is Scream 9,
0: which is really cool. I have here that uh, last year it ran for six nights, so you're adding a night.
1: The original plan we were going to do ten nights mm-hmm. this year, so that was the original plan. It was going to be ten nights of of Scream, but unfortunately, due yeah. to the COVID restrictions in New South Wales, we just had to be realistic about the uh, execution yeah. of the event, and we've cut it back down to seven, which is still better yeah. than last year. So exactly, up. that's um, what I was.
0: That's what I was saying. Yep. Exactly.
1: It's continually growing and I think it will continue to grow. I think the park is very keen on becoming the number one Halloween destination in Sydney and then essentially growing it to be the number one Halloween event in Australia. So there's definitely that kind of base of growth. So for me, obviously coming from working in a whole variety of parks, so I've done the the theme parks on the Gold Coast, I've worked in the theme parks in Malaysia, mm-hmm. in Orlando, and I think to come here, it's just a very different clientele in regards to what halloween expectations are i think with the big infrastructure of the theme parks on the gold coast you've got permanent space where they can build the mazes and they stay there all year round and they just continually grow on them same with the parks in america they've got the warehouses and they've got the sound stages and the studios that they can build on and continually work throughout the year with us it's different because obviously our footprint is so small we can't keep the mazes up all year round they need to come and go um but also where we build our mazes inside the Big Top is also one of the biggest venues of ours to constantly have things throughout the year. So for us to shut it off for an entire month would obviously have an impact on the business because we can't bring in concerts and trade shows and all of those things. So we do have to limit our time. But also I think Sydney is not ready for a full-time Halloween event that runs for a large period of time. I think the clientele is happy for an event that runs over a couple of weeks. They can get their Scream fix, Halloween fix, and then go back to their normal lives ready for the next year. I think in a few years' time, it will be ready for a full month-long event. I don't think we're there yet. Especially with the COVID restrictions, we have a very limited number of international guests coming in. So it does rely a lot on our locals. The locals are very supportive of the event. We get a lot of people from around Sydney coming. So yeah, it's just a very different clientele down here than it is from any other event or park that I've worked at. So one year at a time, one step at a time, and hopefully we'll get there.
0: Yeah. Tell me a little bit about the adult focus because it seems like it's leaning more and more into the like adult evening. So is is this all by design? Halloween
1: of officially launched in the park as a family yep. event. So it incorporated the the kids' trick or treat trail mm-hmm. through the park. It didn't. It's called there Spooksville. Were scarier yeah, mazes. Spooksville. So Spooksville came two years okay. ago. So originally Halloween was the family uh, event. We had a whole variety of things that kind of incorporated. To the the adults had a scarier maze, but then there were also kid friendly mazes. So I think a few years ago there was a Hotel Transylvania maze, where kind of it incorporated that kiddie element, the kids could have fun. But I think, especially since I've started, the direction has definitely turned more to the adult offering, which is why we did include Spooksville during the day. So Spooksville's our daytime family-friendly event, which is trick-or-treat trail, pantomime, very fun, very friendly, spooky characters. Disney's not-so-scary Halloween. Very family orientated so that our clientele who is generally young for the park being an amusement park we have a lot of families as our demographic so I think Spooksville really reached and read to them but then also we found from research that the adults wanted something to do since Sydney is a very very business orientated city so there's that demographic that we needed to reach out to so I think growing the event to become a adult demographic orientated was the way to go. So my first year with Hell Scream 7, which we did Hell on the Harbour. So our central character was a devil. The devil woman was the base character for our shows. It got a little bit sexier in the costumes. It appealed more to the adult um, demographic mm-hmm. again. And then last year, again, we grew it again. We had Mr Bowler was our infinite fear leader. It was, again, we had a lot more adult music. It was a lot more intense for the guests and then this year again with the witches it's not so much the sexy side of things but it's more the eerie creepier side of things so and and has the pricing model changed at all Hellascream scream has always been a separate ticket for the nighttime event so if the guests did want to come they needed to obviously purchase an additional ticket that wasn't included in their day pricing i think the big and one of the big draw cards is the guests want to do the rides with the lighting and the smoke and the sound. And they want to experience all of these exciting rides that we have generally during Mm -hmm. the day, but at nighttime. And when we have our daytime trade, the guests need to purchase ride tickets for the certain rides. Whereas at nighttime, you purchase one ticket for the Hellascream event, which includes all of the rides. It includes all of the shows. It includes mm-hmm. the mazes. The only additional cost when they're in the park is obviously the food yeah. and beverage, or if they want
0: to do some games or buy merchandise or things so like it, that. So That's a really good package deal then, it sounds like. It is. Yeah,
1: <laughs> It's a great deal. It's, it's also a great deal during the day for the kids and the families if they do want to come and experience the park. But I think Hello Scream has always been a successful event because it just offers more elements on top of what we already offer during the park mm-hmm.
0: during the day. Mm-hmm. So it seems a little bit like you're highlighting the park, which makes sense. You talked about it as like a heritage park and there are sections you can't really alter.
1: Correct. The feedback we get is the guests really love the atmosphere of Hello Scream. It's, they love the park because we are such a loved park. We're heritage listed. We're on the harbour. We have the best views in Sydney. And then you add to that smoke and lighting and theatrical effects that are all based around a Halloween theme.
0: And it just grows the part to the next level. Do you see that as the way you are differentiating yourself?
1: I think so. There was another event in Sydney that we worked not against, but they Fearophobia Mm -hmm. was another Sydney-based Halloween event, but they've moved to the Gold Coast this year. We're really the only adult Halloween offering in Sydney, especially because lockdown still hasn't lifted in Sydney. We'll be one of the first events to open out of lockdown. So I think it does give us that edge and the element of appeal for guests to come along and then continue to grow that. I think being the only park in Australia over the past two years to operate has also given us a kind of good step forward and good leg up on the competition in relation to growing our event and essentially growing themes, growing the word growing the reputation and constantly improving on what we offer without having to stop and have a few years off or take a step backwards we don't offer fast passes we don't offer front of queue things it's about the whole experience so the guests can They come, they choose what they want to do in the night. It's essentially a choose-your-own-adventure for the Mm. Halloween evening. We offer the shows. There's constantly something on the stage. There's the photo opportunities. There's the mazes, the rides. There's the restaurants, the bars. Everything gets an overhaul so that it kind of includes the experience for everybody that wants to come. We have a lot of guests that actually don't go through the mazes when they come to the park. They want to go and we give them something else to be entertained by. It, It helps us with essentially our returning clientele, because there's always something for them
0: to do. Were there any decisions you consciously made this year with that in mind? So
1: last year, uh, inside Coney Island, we did the Dollhouse, which was our immersive experience. That continually ran throughout the night as an on-off experience. And then our main stage show ran on the hour. This year, we've decided to time the inside Coney Island experience to House of Hex which will run opposite to the outside stage show so that if the guests aren't outside watching the stage show then they can go into Coney Island and experience House of Hex and then once House of Hex is finished the stage show starts again so that there's always something happening as well as this year we've just had our 30 million dollar renovation of the park so we've got eight brand new rides that are opening for Hell Scream this year which haven't opened previously so that's another big draw card for our guests um and again, something we had to think about because obviously in previous years, the back area of the park has been predominantly for kids rides. When Hella Screen became targeted at 14 plus, we didn't really have a need for the kids area. So the guests, did, not neglected, but didn't feel the need to go out the back. But this year with the eight brand new multi-million dollar rides out there, it's obviously going to be a strong draw card and a strong area. A key focus was putting entertainment out there to make sure that there was also something for them to see if they weren't going to go on the new rides.
0: How did you arrive mm-hmm. at the theme for this year? So the
1: first year we had Hell on the Harbour, which focused around the devil character, and he had two sidekicks, Brimstone and Moloch, which was a very male, strong-based leadership of kind of the face of Halloween. Uh, Last year, again, we had Mr Bowler, which was another strong male heavy character. So I think this year's idea of going to the witches was really focusing on female Mm -hmm. empowerment and bringing nine witches in line with our ninth year. We've got nine new rides to the park in Mm -hmm. 2021. So the number nine really kept coming up. And then over the past two years being a male focused lead, we decided this year it would be really cool to flip it to be a Strong female focus and really give that woman power to the lead characters of the
0: park. Are there any Easter eggs in the design that some like fans could look out for? Of anything?
1: So, what we do with our mazes is we grow on the theme yearly. So, last year we had the Decay Mart maze, but this year it's Decay Mart three hundred and sixty-five. So, it's three hundred and sixty-five days later. So, it's another growth on the event. So, it's not so much just the same maze you went through. It's now 365 decayed days after that. Same with our Outback Slaughterhouse. So last year it was the pub into the slaughterhouse. Now we've moved further into the slaughterhouse. So instead of three rooms of the pub, you enter into the last room of the pub and now it's more slaughterhouse. So I think that's something really cool that we do with the mazes is continually grow them every year. Instead of just doing one maze and then scratching it, we do one maze and then for the next two years after, grow the maze further and further so that returning guests get to experience the ride of the story as opposed to just doing it once, forgetting about it, They can come back and go, oh, okay, this is now the next part of the story. Our mazes, essentially, we think of them like trilogies. So you can see one part or you can see two parts. They're episodical, they like are Mm -hmm. standalone. But essentially, you can, if you come for three years in a row, you can see the story follow through.
0: Can you paint a picture for me of like your favorite uh, scene or a favorite moment from one of these mazes? My favorite scene would have to be from the Outback Slaughterhouse. It's essentially, we've gone
1: very. Obviously, Outback Australia, think Wolf Creek, like that kind of dirty, typical outback Mm. for those who (laughs) need a reference. Yeah, Wolf Creek's a good one. But we've got the, we've put a slat roof over majority three quarters of the maze with that kind of swinging light above it and filled it with fog. So as you go through, it's very disorientating because. The light and the slats are constantly moving the lighting as you're walking through. Obviously, with the heavy fog, it makes it immersive. And then on top of that, you've got pigs coming out of nowhere, um, oinking at you and squealing at you and all of that fun stuff.
0: So I want to know about staffing. How have you juggled all this? How'd you uh, be successful with your staffing?
1: So our staffing is, we have a day trade Mm -hmm. entertainment team who perform weekends and when the parks open during the day. So when we have our roaming characters and our stage show characters, they come from our daytime entertainment team. So they just do shifts in the day and then double shifts at nighttime into that entertainment aspect. And all of our maze actors are hired as casual seasonal entertainers for that event. So anything we do in park is in park entertainment and then the mazes are bought in so we bring in the actors for those uh characters and roles Perfect. as well
0: okay let's uh finish up with uh, the future talk to me a little bit about what your plans are for the future of the event so
1: the future event is essentially just to grow and to like i said make halloween at Luna park the number one go-to event in australia uh, next year is hella scream 10 for us So obviously 10 years of fears, huge event planned. I can't give too much away because we're obviously still in the final process of getting everything sorted. But what I can say is it's gonna be back bigger and better than ever, Um, especially, hopefully next year, all of our COVID restrictions will be gone. So we can continue to grow the event, add more actors, add more performances, add more scares, and really add to the atmosphere of the overall um, experience.
0: Today's episode was produced by me, Philip Hernandez, with post-production by David Swope. Stay up to date this season with our free weekly newsletter. Sign up at hauntedattractionnetwork.com. We're counting down to Halloween with daily podcasts in our 61-day Haunt-a-thon. Our Haunt-a-thon is made possible through generous support from Gantam Lighting and Controls. We'll see you back here tomorrow and every day until Halloween. This is a Haunted Attraction Network production.